Hey guys, I wanted to quickly talk to you about CBD.com. One of the biggest problems I've come across when trying to track down CBD is that the industry is largely unregulated, and as a result, you never really know what you're going to get. As a result, CBD.com, which is basically the Amazon of CBD, has taken extra precautions to make sure all of the products meet federal guidelines. This means the only anxiety you'll have to deal with is the existential dread you wake up with every morning. And good news, CBD can help take care of that too. So check out the products at CBD.com. That's spelled C-B-D-E-E.com. And now, back to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, The Entourage Podcast. Benicio just quit Medellin, officially. They want Vince, but they need him fast. Says who? Phil Rubenstein. I'm standing right next to his son slash co-producer right now. Nick, say hello. Hello, E. Hey, Nick. We want Vince. This is no bullshit. What's going on? Ari's with Phil Rubenstein's son, Nick, right now. They want you to do Medellin. Hello, my sweet baby entourage angels. We are back. I am J.R. Hickey, and this is Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage Podcast. A lot more energy this week. Sorry about that last week, guys. I'm discovering that I can't hang for as long or as hard as I used to. I believe the term the kids are using these days is washed. I'm a bit washed. Just recovered from my sister's wedding over a fucking week ago. So excited for this week's guest. Comedian Brent Pella has blown up the internet with his videos on Instagram and YouTube. He went super nuclear viral with his Eminem parody. He does this hilarious impression of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You guys, he brought so much energy to this week's episode. I know there have been complaints in the past of people not being super in love with guests who are just kind of meh on the show. Brent is the exact opposite of that. We had so much fun talking about Return of the King, the iconic Entourage episode that takes place primarily at Ari's temple on Yom Kippur. Brent's a great dude. He's from Northern California. Me and him bumped into each other a few times at comedy clubs up here, and it's been so awesome to see all the success that he's gone on to down in SoCal. He's going to be traveling all over the world next year on a tour check his website brentpella.com for tour dates and go see him if he's coming to your city if you haven't yet please follow the oh yeah oh yeah social media accounts on instagram and twitter at oh yeah pod if you've been enjoying the podcast a five-star review wouldn't hurt anybody wouldn't hurt anybody just hit that five stars in your podcasting app move on with your life it'll make me A very happy boy. We are rounding the bend on season three, the very, very long season three. Season four won't start until 2020. Gonna take a few weeks off. Got a lot of really cool shit in the works for season four. Trying to book bigger and bigger guests every week, bringing more and more people onto the podcasting team. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. I'm excited about this week's episode. Let's dive in with the return of the team with comedian Brent Pella. Enjoy. Okay, guys, I'm back. My guest this week is a stand-up comedian, impressionist, actor, and director based in Los Angeles, whose comedy sketches, celebrity impressions, and parody music videos have gained more than 50 million views online. He is best known for his impressions of Eminem and The Rock, which have gained international attention, and his viral hits, Eminem, This Is Everything, and Why You Shouldn't Fly Spirit Airlines, were both the number one trending videos on Reddit and YouTube. NorCal's own Brent Pella, welcome to the Entourage Podcast. (laughs) Yes, dude. Thank you so much for having me, man. Stoked to be a part. I'm stoked that you're here, dude. You're a NorCal dude. You live in LA currently, though. I'm assuming... 
I, I mean, I want to dive into it pretty quickly, but like, I'm assuming Entourage has played a pretty big part in your life. What was your relationship with the oh, show like? Oh, man. Yeah. So I, I grew up in Davis, California, That's up right. near Sacramento. And uh, Entourage was huge, I think, when I was in high school, too. Um, I graduated 08. So I think that was like. 2004 to 2011 so right in the sweet spot yeah man so it was the prime so like junior and senior year me and my buddies got super into it and any night there wasn't a house party to go to we, we would just re-watch entourage episodes and get like entourage for us as teenagers fired us up so like so much it just turned us into super bros anytime an episode was on and now you're doing it, man. You're in SoCal pursuing that that actor comedian fame, dude. I'm chasing I'm chasing Vincent's life, dude. That's <laughs> that's what it led that's the path it led me down. Uh but yeah, I've loved it for years. Um and so did all my friends. We were huge, huge nerds for Entourage. Awesome. You described yourself off air as a super fan. Always love having an Entourage super fan on the pod. You never know what you're gonna get. When people agree yeah. to do the pod, sometimes they go, Yeah, I've seen it. It's all right. And I'm like, oh boy, here we fucking go. This is <laughs> Yeah. No, I rewatched this episode and now I like I have to watch every yeah. episode from the first one of the first season. So I stuck the needle right in. Oh, absolutely. I caught the bug caught it again let's uh <laughs> let's break down uh season 3b episode 5 the return of the king cool so uh every week i talked about what was happening this time of year and this one is uh extremely appropriate for you so this episode aired on sunday may 6th 2007 yeah i probably saw it live <laughs> brent earlier this week on thursday may 3rd the eighth seed, Golden State Warriors, stunned the number one seeded Dallas Mavericks and beat them at home at Oracle Arena with a score of 111 to 86, winning their seven-game playoff series four to two. Now, are you a Warriors or a Kings fan? You know, I grew up such a huge Michael Jordan fan that oh. we would go we would go to Kings games just to see other like hot players come into town. But I was never like super into the Kings. I loved the era with Chris Webber and Jason Williams. I, I, I was pretty big uh, Kings fan. White then. chocolate. Yeah, white chocolate was my guy. Well, we were all trying to do the elbow pass and, and talking like we were, you know, uh, gods of the court. Um, <laughs> but I ne- after after Jordan retired, I tried to love the Kings, and then the whole scandal happened with the Lakers, and I just kind of turned into a player fan from there. So now now okay. I follow I follow players. Um, but anytime, anytime the Kings or the Warriors are playing, I, I, I show them love. 100%. So yeah. this week, they were the first number eight seed to win a best of seven series in the first round. I remember exactly where I was when this happened. Yeah. First playoff series win since 1991. To date, the Dallas Mavericks, who they beat, had 65 wins, and they're the only ones who have ever been eliminated in the first round of 65 wins. So super cool. I'm loving the sports trivia every week. It's uh, a lot better than when the Entourage episodes aired in August, and there's just nothing there's to talk nothing. about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you talk about like college football recruiting. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Quickly to recap the episode before we dive into the category. So cool. it's Yom Kippur, and while Ari attempts to deign forgiveness for his sins, he runs into Medellin producer Nick Rubenstein at his temple. Nick drops the bomb that the biopic is back in play and that they'd like Vince to step in. The only issue is that the studio needs an answer from Vince before sundown, and coordinating a deal on the high holiday won't be easy. <laughs> Amanda hesitates to work with Ari on coming to terms, and the crew begins to suspect that she's trying to sabotage the deal for some unknown personal reasons. Vince and his crew lay down their troubles and their wallets at the track, 
Drama's locked of a horse, doesn't win them a dime, and is unfortunately headed for the Duluth factory. To save Ting, Drama purchases the horse, giving him a new home on Vince's front lawn. Unfortunately, Drama soon realizes that boarding a horse is wildly expensive, losing thousands of dollars to food and permits. Drama passes Kane off to Ed Burns as a gift for Eddie's kids. As the deadline for Medean approaches, Eric and Vince track down Ari and finish the deal, bypassing Amanda entirely. They think they've locked things up, but after all the delays, the project is officially off the table for Vince. Believing Amanda mishandled the situation and cost him his dream project, Vince confronts her over dinner. She explains that Nick Rubenstein was the one who actually killed the project by constantly hounding the EP on the holiest of days. Vince is embarrassed by the truth, but he's even more shocked when Amanda walks away, dropping him both as a client and as a boyfriend mm. did i miss anything mm. jesus christ mm. Mm. i felt like i just watched it again <laughs> perfect <laughs> brent what was your favorite moment from this week's episode <laughs> dude my favorite moment i had a couple um it's a super fun episode it's very broy. i love it yep uh yep. but one of the moments that made me laugh the hardest watching it again because i haven't seen this episode in years probably since it came out uh but when, when they're in temple and uh, Ari, it's toward, it's toward like the middle end of the episode. Ari has already given up his phones to his wife, mm-hmm. and the phones go off, and they're in the wife's purse. And everybody's looking at her, like people are just shooting her looks. And then this old woman, like two <laughs> rows behind her, just leans forward and says, Haven't you ever heard of vibrate? <laughs> I don't know why I laughed so hard at that moment. For in this year, we will be better. We will act out of kindness and selflessness. I think that's your phone. Have you ever heard of Vibrate? Because I feel like when they were shooting it, the direct whoever was directing the episode just like looked around for the most like evil, angry looking old yep. woman and said, Hey, can you say these <laughs> say this line real quick? <laughs> it is such a like a written line, isn't it? It's like <laughs> Haven't you ever I'll have what she's having. Yeah. <laughs> no one would ever say that to someone. <laughs> Haven't you ever heard of Vibrate? My God. <laughs> Um, so that, that was hilarious. And then also, uh, at the beginning when, um, Ari runs into Nick at temple and Nick is just like a ball of nervous energy and they're all yep. like cussing back and forth and he's saying, ah, fuck, God damn it. Shit. And, and, and they're all like, it's temple, it's temple. And then the wife says, Jesus Christ. And, and Ari calls her out. That was hilarious. Your father's got a hundred million dollars in the bank. How much stress can you have? Well, medallion's falling apart. It's uh, Medellin, Mom. Why the fuck can't anyone pronounce it? Do hey, not excuse me. Benicio, walk. And my father's trying to prevent the whole crew from doing the same. He's been saying Benicio's going to walk for weeks. No, Wait. no, no. It's official. Check out Us Weekly. There's a picture of him on a catamaran with some blonde bombshell in Anguilla. It was Antigua. Antigua, Anguilla. Who the fuck cares, Mom? I bet you. All right. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. All right. The point is, Haggis is freaked, okay? And Gadoff has given us till sundown the night to find a replacement or he's going to shut the whole fucking thing down. I hear Cruz is going for 10 cents on the dollar. No, no, no. I want your boy, Ari. I want Vince. He's not my boy anymore. Well, then put me on the phone with him because this girl's agency is closed for the fucking holiday. Ari doesn't have a phone, Nick. It's Yom Kippur. Nick doesn't either because I frisked him before we walked out. Look, since you won't commission Vince on this, commission us, okay? The back end could be huge. Jesus Christ, it is Yom Kippur. Look who just said Jesus Christ. Your father agreed to this? I know that you know that I speak for the family. Now, come on, help a fellow member of the tribe. Ari... From the from the jump, it's just like that that dude Nick just brings in so much like tension and energy. So it made- yeah, Nick Rubenstein. This is his first episode. We'll talk a little bit more later in the uh, the pod about the character and the actor. But uh, no, two fucking hilarious moments. I liked 
when they walk back from visiting the Wilshire Temple and like all the women are standing outside. You know, he goes up to Mrs. Yeah. Gold. He's like immediately like, I'm so sorry, I'll fast for a week. And she's like, give me your phone. I don't even know what to say. I do. I'm sorry. I will fast the whole week to prove to you how sorry I am. Just get your ass in that temple and set a good example for your children. Give me the phone. And the bat phone. And the bat phone. Oh, my God. The look on his face was so funny. Yeah. Like he's Jeremy Piven's right. incredible. Yeah, he's so good. <laughs> Every week, Brent, we talk about our favorite bros being bros moment. And those are just more moments of like male friendship as opposed to like broing out. But yeah. I, you're pretty familiar with your with your brodom, oh, aren't dude. you? So I am so comfortable with my broality. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I have embraced the fact that I'm a bro. Because like you can be a bro. And not be a dickhead. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I feel like bros have had a lot of, we've, we've had a, a really rough time lately. Um, and <laughs> just, but you, you can, you really can. Like, I, I love bros. Bros are my favorite people in the world. And, and the bros of Entourage, I, I relate to a lot because they're, they're, they're all vulnerable. They all have their own insecurities and they're all like mega bros. My favorite bros being bros moment from this was like one of the first lines of the episode when Turtle says, So we're gonna talk about that? What? That handcuff on your wrist. Jesus, give me a break. It's a bracelet. That's all. It's called a love bracelet though, right? I don't know what it's called. That's what it's called. It's called the Cartier love bracelet. Does this mean that Vince and Amanda are in love? No, it means E knows way too much about jewelry. Is that what it's called, Vince? I don't know what it's called, Turtle. All I know is you're annoying me. Amanda got me a gift, a very nice gift, and I happen to like it. Right, so stay off my ass. And, and then that's immediately followed by all the guys ripping Cuervo shots at 1030 <laughs> in the morning. Just without hesitation. And, and it's it's so funny because I've done I've been that bro. You know, every once yep. in a while I'm still down to be that bro. It's such a bro thing to do. Is just like, hey, why we is there Cuervo? It's 10.30 in the morning. The sun is up. It's time to drink. <laughs> I love it. It's, They're doing shots for no reason besides the fact that it's a Jewish holiday. Yeah, it's a Jewish holiday. That's right. They call, they, bros will find any excuse to drink, dude. It's a Jewish holiday. Let's drink. You guys are doing shots at 10.30 in the morning? Relax, kid. It's a holiday. What holiday is it? Yom Kippur, retard. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. I wonder there was no traffic. Hey, Chief. Can we get a couple shots of Cuervo over here, please? Yeah. That was one of my bros being bros moments, too. Um, right after that, which is also a very bro-y moment, is all of them going, like, all in on a sure thing bet because one of your buddies has, like, a hot tip. Yeah. That is so relatable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. How many times have we been to Vegas with a bunch of friends <laughs> and somebody's like, no, dude, we, did, we should definitely bet on, like, <laughs> this women's college lacrosse game nothing yeah. nothing against women's college lacrosse yeah of course. but just some obscure sport or some obscure parlay of stuff because they know yeah. that this guy had a bum ankle two weeks ago so <laughs> let's all put 300 dollars down and then we'll all spend it at the strip club and see a bunch of titties and it'll be <laughs> great dude yes and then we all lose everything yeah. uh johnny drama says the bigger the odds the bigger the payday i'm in for a g a G? Are you out of your fucking mind? Trust me. I'm putting in five bucks, that's it. Yeah, I'm good for ten. 
pussies. You really feeling this, Johnny? Yeah, they're underestimating him, bro. Just like they did his granddad. <laughs> the worst outlook. Oh my god. Oh, I've done it so many times. Yes. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. So it's this is a good transition because. Uh, the guy's giving Vince shit about his Cartier love bracelet from Amanda. That's actually my least favorite moment. Only, not because of the shit giving, but because of how like defensive Vince gets. Yeah, he's like, it's it's a gift from Amanda, and I happen to like it. And he's like, you guys are annoying me, and it's just yeah. I kind of saw a little prima donna movie star in it. Yeah, which yeah. bothered me a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I think that that probably comes from uh, his relationship with her. Probably made him a little more sensitive. Any anytime. Definitely. I feel like anytime you're with a girl, or maybe just me, anytime I've had a girlfriend in the past, I find myself just being a little bit more sensitive because you're yeah. around um, that type of feminine energy, which I think just automatically brings out a little more sensitivity in you. I, that's not a bad thing at all. I love it. No, I'll, be, I'll cry on a shoulder any day of the week. Dude, you ever cried on someone's shoulder? It feels great. Oh, it's amazing. It feels so good. It's almost as good as an orgasm with that endorphin rush. Oh, dude, have you ever, if you could cry and come at the same time, my God, what what a blissful moment that would be. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like he, he was a little overly sensitive to that. And it, 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 I, I totally get why, uh, why that, that could be your least favorite moment. What was yours? Mine, I wrote this down as my least favorite moment, but then I started giving it more thought and I actually kind of liked it. Uh, but initially my least favorite moment was when the horse escaped and drama and turtle went and go looking for it. I thought it was so random. It didn't make sense to the storyline. Yeah. It got so far away. Like if they're going to have a yeah. horse escape, it wouldn't go miles into the city and be outside of a fast food joint. It would be like in the neighbor's yard or some shit. Uh, so I didn't like that from like a writing standpoint, but then I started thinking about it, and uh, if you think about it from like a writer's point of view, it's like the horse is the horse got injured right in the race. It was, it was a yeah. fucked up horse, so it's past its prime. Um, its its best days are behind it. Glory days have all lived, and now the its owner is like over it. He's gonna get rid of it, right? He thinks it's done. It's mm -hmm. useless. I think Johnny Drama recognized that the horse was he connected with the horse because that's him. It's it's. Like it's a metaphor wow. for his own life. He is past his prime. He wants to be great. Nobody really wants him. He feels left out. And I think that's why he took the horse in. And so when the horse ran away, he wanted it back so badly because he's really chasing, he's chasing himself. He's chasing his own past. Um, so uh, I think, I think he recognized a piece of himself. So I think they wrote it in, in that way. I hope they wrote it in that way. Otherwise, yeah. it's like a weird, dumb thing. Um, so I that my initially I was like, why the fuck are we looking for this horse? I don't give a shit about the horse. But then when I thought about it, I was like, oh dude, yeah, this is the horse is drama and oh wow, this show is fucking good. These guys know what they're doing. Uh, so <laughs> Brent, the that is so insightful and like it's so funny now looking back on the show. I'm 31 years old and again I watched it when I was in my early 20s and yeah. I'm like, I didn't realize that either. I always kind of thought the horse thing was dumb as well. Yeah, but. Looking at it from like the perspective of Johnny Drama, who's like his show's about to premiere. He doesn't know if this is like his last chance at like making it in quotes. And right. like he sees this horse who's like washed up, and he's like, "No, that's me. I need to save him." I I really really like that insight, dude. That is yeah. incredible. This is what you people come for, right? On the Entourage <laughs> right, podcast, right, right. <laughs> the deep insights into the mind of Johnny Drama. 
100 percent, dude because yeah dude the, uh, you figure everything in uh the the fictional world of a tv show has to happen for a reason so once i started thinking about it i was like all right well what what could the purpose be for this and then it was like oh yeah well drama is way past this prime nobody really <laughs> fucks with him and you know but he probably would go to the glue factory if he was a fucking horse so it it kind of made sense and that and the, you know that's uh it became not my least favorite moment but okay it started off that way so i'll use it yeah you know what you you pivoted fine off of it it's okay, okay. you actually ended up learning a life lesson from it, i which think was nice. so yeah dude <laughs> What was your uh, favorite line or quote from this episode? Tons of good ones. So many good ones. I feel like there's there's like 10 quotable one-liners in every episode. Mine that I'll probably use from now on forever was uh, when the phone rings at the very end at the house that Nick Rubenstein is at. And he goes and picks it up and somebody's like, no, you still have four minutes. And he says, he screams. He's like, my life has fallen apart. I haven't eaten in 10 hours. So get off my ass. (laughs) And I was like, Nick, I feel you, bro. Yeah, dude, I've been there. Been there so many times. Yes. Oh, my God. Don't you dare answer that phone, Nick. Hey, my life is falling apart. I haven't eaten in 10 hours, so get off my ass! I'm sorry. Sorry. The Nitty Rubenstein thing, he's hes a great, like, wild card character. Um, yeah. Just delivers that line perfectly. Uh, there's some good Ari stuff at the temple, obviously. Yeah. I hate this. I'm starving. Now you know what mommy goes through every day to make a hot body for daddy. Daddy's just kidding, sweetie. Which is just so fucking disrespectful to women. Shit, that's so (laughs) funny, dude. Oh my god. (laughs) Imagine saying that to your daughter. Yeah. It's just (laughs) so fucked. Your precocious eight year old. (laughs) Drama and Turtle. Drama's like chopping up carrots in the kitchen. Yeah. Turtle runs in. He's like, Yo, the king just left the building. What do you mean? I mean, he just walked right out of the gate. Where'd he go? He didn't say, Drama. You can't babysit for two seconds, can you? How is this my fault? <laughs> he didn't say. Dude, the, the chemistry between Turtle and Drama is like some of the best buddy chemistry in probably any comedy show of all time. It's. it's I brought this up before, but the age difference, they're like 15 years in an age difference between Jerry Ferrara and Kevin Dillon, which makes it even more like yeah. kind of absurd and funny. To yeah. Me. Yeah, because they still have this like older brother, little brother vibe yep. to them, which makes their like on screen they're they're almost fighting every time they talk to each other. In every episode, there there's like some type of argument or, or like fight. Even even when they're taking shots at the beginning, drama says like, "Why are we taking shots?" And Turtle says, "Cause it's a holiday." <laughs> what what the fuck holiday is? It's Yom Kippur. Uh, whatever. All right, hey, get the Cuervo over here. So it's like. <laughs> yeah. Their, That's their, a good point. Their arguments in, in every episode are hilarious and and just push the the story further. It's they're great together. It's so funny. Hundred percent. What uh? Any other quotes for you? When Ari said, "Um, we'll do like our what do you say? What we will do like our brothers did, and uh, yeah, and we'll walk, do like our ancestral whatever. brothers did. Yeah, yeah, and walk, and, walk. <laughs> and they just start." <laughs> Yeah, it's just funny. two guys in yamakas and like probably wool suits because like they such didn't have those suits. like breathable suits back then. Yeah, such heavy suits. What the fuck are we gonna do? Let's go get Gad off. It's a Wilshire Orthodox. That's two miles away. You got a car? No, you? No, call a cab. Got any money? No, Ma took it. You? Wife took everything but my fillings. 
So what now? Now, like our desert-dwelling ancestors, we walk. For years, mankind has invented a number of supposed cure-alls designed to solve practically every affliction imaginable. Snape Oils and soda companies originally made a name for themselves by marketing their sugar-laden products as medicine. However, in the past year or so, a new treatment has emerged that actually does what others came before it could not. CBD. There are plenty of places you can pick up CBD in various forms, but it can be a bit of a pain to find exactly what you're looking for. As a result, I was pretty amped when I was introduced to CBD.com, which is basically a one-stop shop for all of your CBD needs. There are countless ways to consume CBD, and whether you're looking for a topical, CBD-infused beverage, some gummies or tinctures, this website has virtually everything you can imagine. CBD.com is basically the Amazon of CBD. They've taken extra precautions to make sure all the products on the website meet federal guidelines, and they've teamed up with laboratories that give everything they sell a seal of approval. I've purchased my fair share of CBD products since it became a thing, but I haven't found a place that makes buying it as painless as CBD.com does. So whether you're a CBD veteran or a newcomer, check out CBD.com for all your CBD needs. That's spelled C-B-D-E-E.com. And now, back to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage Podcast. New category this season. We're talking about the best burn. The guys love to give each other shit. Yeah. I'll start off with one of my favorite ones. And in horse racing, as in life, a good lineage is the surest way to predict fine performance. Well, how come you're from Vince's lineage and all your performances suck? All right. <laughs> Dude, it's so perfect. He's so quick. Everything, every, all their interactions are so funny, man, because just, they just yeah. burn each other every time. Um, that was super funny. I loved when when Amanda was out back of the temple and Ari, they oh, were yeah. talking about money, and he said something about her working at Hooters. I should have written it down word for word, but he, he spearmint he, rhino actually. Which spearmint rhino, it that's worse. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, which makes it so much better. So much better. Have you ever been to a spearmint rhino? Yes, I have. The one in Las Vegas. Actually. Nice, nice. I, there, there used to be one I think in Santa Barbara. I don't know if it's there anymore, but oh my god. Uh, I think Hooters might have been better. Yeah. <laughs> Hooters would have been a, a tad bit more respectable. Yeah, yeah, 100%. This will be the easiest paycheck you ever made, except for that stint experiment, Rhino. Stop wasting time, Are You've got a lot of begging for God's forgiveness to get back to. Because he, he just, he has an insult for everybody. He has no blinders, he has no filters, right. he just goes right for the jugular, it's perfect. Last one, it's at drama's expense. All of these in this category are always at drama's expense. Yeah. <laughs> the horse is walking out and drama goes, Look at those glutes. Fucking beautiful. You want to win money on them or fuck them, drama? <laughs> Don't talk uncivilized at the track, eh? <laughs> and he responds, he goes, Don't be uncivil at the track, eh? Which is like, he's wearing like cargo shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, and it's tucked <laughs> in. His t-shirt's tucked into his shorts. <laughs> what, are you a community college football coach? What is he doing? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, to I'm I'm, gonna, I'm just kind of going down my list here. There's one more that like is a little has a little bit more brevity, and it's at the end. It's after Amanda sets Vince straight about why Medellin was lost. Yeah, he goes. I feel stupid. Probably doesn't happen to you a lot, huh? <laughs> Which is like kind of a nice like yeah, pretty boy like. Yeah, welcome to the real world. Yeah. 100% dude. Yep. So I liked all of them. This is a good episode for Burns. Yeah, yeah, this was a good burn episode. 
This was not a good episode for music. We haven't had a good music episode in a couple weeks. There were like two songs that played this entire episode. Yeah, you know, my favorite song of every episode is the outro song. They always got that right. In every, I, don't, I can't remember one time where the music didn't match the theme of the outro. It's either like Definitely. something like pump up or motivational or super sad or kind of mysterious or leaves you hanging on a, on on the edge of a cliff, and uh, so that was that was my favorite one. Was um, it was "Can't Keep Running Away" by Farside, came in at the end, which is perfect. Definitely, it's perfect. That's it, and that's the only good song because there was only one other one, and that was "Groundhog Day" by Mayday as they're driving from the track, and I, it doesn't really stand out as something yeah. being, as being particularly memorable. Yeah. So what do we do now? Now, Vince, we say goodbye. We have a Spotify playlist in the show notes for today's episode, so go listen to Spotify playlist. All the music oh, nice. from uh, every episode is on that playlist. Couple outdated references in this episode. Not as many as you'd think. Like some Entourage episodes age really well. This yeah. one ages really well, in my opinion. Um, other ones don't. But yeah. uh, so, for example, Ari says to Vincent E, "This is an art house film. She's trying to turn it into MI3." Oh yeah, funny. yeah, that's funny. <laughs> And then Nick says to Ari, I want your boy, Ari. And Ari goes, well, I heard Cruz is going for 10 cents on the dollar. Right. Remember, this was during Cruz's, like, weird meltdown. And um, yeah, so that's I think why that was a reference that. to that. Yeah, I was wondering when I heard that. I was like, what? back then, was Tom Cruise just doing every movie for nothing? But, yeah, it makes way more sense that he was that was during his, like, crazy period. Definitely. Did you have any outdated references that I missed? Um, all of Turtle's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everything well, yeah. he wears. Uh, he's wearing like Fat Farm and Fubu and all that stuff. And then there, there was a line uh, where when Ari and Nick Rubenstein are walking back to the temple or something, and they're outside, <laughs> and one of them says, "90 degrees this time of year." I mean, can anyone really debate global warming at this point? But today, it would be like uh, they'd be like butt naked with like sweating buckets, and one of them would say, "Gee, it's 120 degrees." <laughs> so the wet, the weather. Is that a little outdated? That um, is outdated. <laughs> no, that, I mean, the 90 degrees in LA, that's a nice day that's in LA. That's nice. <laughs> that, I would take a 90 degree day. Yeah, I don't even know. When is Yom Kippur? Is it in the spring? That's a good question. It, I think it actually just happened. So, like, it has to have been, like, it's September. Yeah, September 27th through 28th. Yeah, so it, it, it actually gets pretty hot in September yeah. in LA. So, um, 90 degrees, I'll take a 90 degree day in September. 100%. Yeah. Um, so if this same plot happened in 2019, how would the episode or the plot be different? Obviously, like, with cell phones, I just feel like the entire negotiation could have just accomplished via text message. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, <laughs> if, uh, if if this had came out in 2019, first off, for the entire series, I feel like Ari would FaceTime people. Uh, because I, I think he would want to see them. Like he, that's a power move. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you FaceTime someone else, you want to see that person's fucking face, dude. You want to see great. every wrinkle as you call them a cunt muscle. Didn't it? Uh, <laughs> maybe it wasn't this one. A different episode opened with Ari calling E a cunt muscle, and his yep. wife just looks over and says cunt muscle, and he just like shrugs <laughs> at her or whatever. <laughs> and yep. I feel if he would want to do that. 
face to face just so he could like have the satisfaction of seeing them so uncomfortable. Also, yeah. they would for sure be driving a Tesla. Yeah, definitely. Everywhere they go. <laughs> Well, and you bring up a good point, like, they have that scene where they have to walk, that, oh, we don't have my wallet, don't have my keys. You have your cell phone. In 2019, you can get a ride with your cell phone. So right. they could have just Ubered to and from the synagogue. Yeah, exactly. Or, and, <laughs> or they would have picked up a bird, probably. They would have scootered, <laughs> yeah. which would have made it so much more funny. That would have been hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> these two guys in their yarmulkes the y- down. Yeah, the yarmulke flies off. <laughs> they kind of, like, circle back to get it. Oh, man, that'd be so funny. They come back, his wife's like, where's your yarmulke? It's like, what are you talking about? Uh, all right, I mentioned him earlier, Nikki Rubenstein. So every week we do like a faces in the crowd. Um, we also used to have a category called the best new character. This is kind of an amalgamation of those. Mm-hmm. So, Brent, I know you have been watching up until this point, but towards the end of season two, there was a character named Phil Rubenstein. Yeah. He was portrayed by actor Bruno Kirby. He uh, sadly died of leukemia after shooting his episode of Entourage. He was supposed to be like a bitter character in seasons three and four with the Medellin plot. So this is his son, Nicky Rubenstein. Um, Some great lines, obviously. It's Medellin, mom. Why the fuck can't anybody pronounce it? You you, you mentioned (laughs) it earlier. The actor, Adam Goldberg, has been in some like monster films. He was in Dazed and Confused, oh, yeah. Saving Private Ryan, A Beautiful Mind, and Zodiac. How's oh, that? Oh my God, he was in Zodiac. You're right. He was like one of the journalists. Wow. I remember. Yeah, I just watched that a couple months ago. That's so crazy. Good for him. Zodiac, by the way, great NorCal movie. Phenomenal NorCal movie. Um, if you've ever spent any time in the Bay Area, rewatch Zodiac and you'll be like, wow. Yeah, this actually fucking happened. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I just, I watched it uh, for the first time um, a couple months ago. So good, Brent. Who would be your sixth man award for this episode? So who who comes in with limited screen time and just like makes their use of their on screen minutes? You know, I was gonna give it to to the Nick Rubenstein character, um, yeah. but I guess he he's more of a bigger character that comes in more and more throughout the season. I I wrote him down. I wrote him and. The uh, the older man character at the temple. I, for, I forget. Oh, yeah. I Al, Al, Arthur Dadded or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote him down because he, he played a, a big role um, in the episode, I thought. But I, I wrote Nick down as Faces in the Crowd and Sixth Man because he's so good. Every time he's on screen, he gives me a panic attack. Like, <laughs> dude, I, I, like, I was look, looking in between my couch cushions for a Xanax halfway through the episode. Yeah. Because the guy's coming on screen and like hyperventilating, <laughs> and I wanted him to succeed just so yep. he can take a nap or something. Later in the show, you find out he's like a recovering coach addict who's like off the wagon, and he's like on coach, which makes him even like more intolerable. Right? And- yeah, the way he plays it is just so good. It's so good. He he adds the tension, he adds the anxiety, he raises the stakes for everybody. Um, yeah, I love I love every second he was on screen. Amazing. I might give it to uh, Ed Burns. Eddie Burns has shown up a couple oh, times right. throughout yeah, yeah. seasons two and three. But just his like five minutes on the porch with drama, he's like, How did you get my address? Good one, Eddie, but I've been here before. Have you? Haven't I? Well, what's going on? Are you nervous about the premiere? Look, people are going to watch. Trust me. All right? Oh, no, I, I feel good about that. I just came by to say thank you. Because I owe you big time for this one. And I won't let you down. That's good. That's good. I appreciate that. All right. And I brought you a gift as a token of my appreciation. A gift? Yeah. Yeah. Come here. You're going to love it. 
Bought me a horse. Yeah, well, I thought since you have small kids. Are you out of your fucking mind? This is Beverly Hills. What am I gonna do with a horse? Oh my god, a horse! Is that for my birthday? She's so beautiful. Thank you, ma'am. Nice. <laughs> it's truly an absurd plot. I never loved the horse plot until you just brought up that it, it's drama. That he's yeah. that drama yeah. saved. It's. Yeah, dude. Um, and speaking of drama, you know what? Uh, what are some of your favorite Johnny drama moments in this episode? We've we've hit a lot of them. So yeah, you. I mean, you spelled it out earlier with the quote when he looks at the horse and says, "Look at those glutes." <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, remember in a different episode when he he's all about calves? Oh, that's an iconic episode. He's all about yeah. calf implants. <laughs> like, look at those tree trunks. Yeah, he says <laughs> he's looking at everybody's calves and quads. He's like, he's got this like weird obsession with legs. And and every I, I love drama. My my thing with drama's character is that he's so he's so overly confident about every aspect of life. Like he knows he wants to chime in on everything: diet, classic cars, girls, <laughs> dating, ho- fucking horses, gambling cooking every aspect of life he feels like he has it covered he's the expert i think that's fucking hilarious and it comes up in all these insane quotes where he tries to like like put himself above everybody else with his knowledge like like look at those glutes or the thing he said about uh gambling what do he say the the higher the stakes the higher the returns <laughs> yeah <whatever. laughs> bitter, higher the odds of bitter the payout yeah. Like, well yeah no <laughs> shit fuck, dude. <laughs> like yeah obviously dude um, he's yeah. He, I I love that character. He's so funny. Uh, so every every time he chimes in, like like a know it all about some obscure aspect of life, I think it's great. You know where that comes from, and 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 correct me if I'm wrong. You're an actor yourself. Like, yeah. Actors kind of have to be jack of all trades. They have to be like knowledgeable and able yeah. to do just enough in every area. So that's him overcompensating in every yeah. facet of life. Totally. Because dude. he needs totally. to seem like he's like well prepared or something. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. He because he probably doesn't know shit about anything. He's just like, <laughs> you know, he probably reads one sentence from a from an article in Men's Health and then keeps it memorized until the day he can spout it out as his own knowledge. Yeah, it's funny, man. That's that's exactly what it is. He's an actor trying to <laughs> be a jack of all trades and just <laughs> ending up looking like an asshole. But it's so funny. Definitely. I have one little moment in the car. He's talking about Vince and Amanda, and he goes, Don't get me wrong, Amanda's a hot-looking broad. She never had a piece like you, bro. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> They'll turn and look at him like, piece like you. He's like, figuratively speaking. <laughs> <laughs> figuratively speaking. <laughs> That's Dude, so funny, Dude drama's been on a hot little run here the last couple episodes. Nice. He's, uh, yeah. he's he's crushing it. Round in the bend here, a couple categories left. Uh, favorite Ari Gold moment. Uh, obviously, Ari plays a big role in this episode, but he's kind of subdued with the fact that he's like at Temple and like under his wife's like watchful days. Right, right. I loved the um, the bat phone moment, and yeah. I loved. Uh, when he's um, he's uh, he, Nick Rubenstein runs out of the temple and he's about to chase him and his wife looks at him and he's still about to go and then it, like the, the 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 thing that keeps him is like the threat of divorce that comes from his daughter. Sorry, don't. Baby, the 
kid is melted down like Phil Mickelson at Wingfoot. I can't abandon her brother in peril, not on the high holidays. Abandon me again, Ari, and you're gonna have to do a whole lot more than pray. I wouldn't move, Daddy. We must face the wrong we have done to others this year. When his daughter says, I don't want to have to move. I don't want to have to celebrate Hanukkah in two households. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he stays, and he does not want to stay. He, yeah. he wants to leave, dude. I love seeing him stressed out because he's he's got such an insane balancing act of Hollywood versus his own family life. One line as like the sun is setting, they're at their house, Mrs. Gold's putting out the food, Vinny and E barge in and he goes, Oh, will you look at this, huh? The boys from Queens are in the market for some brisket. Sorry to bother you. We don't mean to intrude. We tried to call you, but no one was answering. <laughs> it's almost like he was expecting them and he was like, had that line ready. Yeah. Obviously, it's a pre-written line, but like, uh, just so funny. Yeah, dude. yeah, that was great. It like encapsulates his personality perfectly. Totally. Like kind of, you know, digging at the boys and referring to his own <laughs> culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brent, every week we uh, assign a winner for this week's episode, but Vince is not allowed to win. Vince wins every right, episode. Right. So so who won this week's episode? Dude, I think Amanda. Um, I think she did. She did everything right, and she won by, by like asserting herself at the end yeah. and recognizing when it was time to cut the relationship off. Because it's so hard to do that. It's hard to do that in a business relationship, and it's it's probably even harder to do that in like a love interest relationship um, yeah, when it's both. And to do it both at the same time, Jesus, yeah. uh, that takes a strong person. Uh, so so she, or when when she said, it's time, what, what was her last line? It's time, uh, now. Now it's time we say goodbye. Now it's time we yeah. say goodbye. And she gets up and yeah. leaves. Damn, dude, that was some heavy shit, dude. That was like, I, I it was cold. She won. Yeah, it was cold. Yeah. And it was exactly the right move. It was It was what she needed to do. And if that was real life, that is a strong person. Dude, that's actually really good. That's a good analysis of a character that, like, honestly had kind of been there as a sex object for the past two episodes, but really is one of the stronger female characters yeah. in the show, which definitely needs them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just leave yeah, it at that. Dude. The female <laughs> characters are very outweighed. Uh, but Amanda came out on top for this one. For definitely. And you just think to yourself, like, man, how will Vince ever recover? <laughs> It'll take him in one episode. <laughs> yeah, he's going to open on the next episode, him having yeah. like a threesome in Vegas. Yeah. Yep. With some girl riding him like reverse cowboy because that's all they're <laughs> ever doing. Shot. <laughs> Every shot is him getting ridden reverse cowboy. And like on the phone with someone at the same time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's Leonardo. That's Leonardo DiCaprio. Totally. That, that's what I picture. Good for them. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Brent, was this an A-list episode, a B-list episode, or a D-list episode? I put this as a B-list episode okay. because yeah. I don't think enough happened for it to be any yeah. higher. Um, the only advancement that happened was that Amanda left. Like, yeah. like at the beginning of the episode, he didn't have Meta Ian. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, he didn't have Meta Ian. And true. we got to take, and at the beginning of the episode they didn't own a horse. And at the end of the episode, they didn't own a horse. So it's like we we got thrown these pitches that never really came down, which is mm -hmm. fine, but it kind of felt like a filler episode a little bit. Granted, a yeah. fun one with Nick Rubenstein and um and and the prospect of of of, uh, of the movie coming to fruition, but it didn't like the stakes came and went really rapidly. So yeah. after like after watching this episode 
I don't feel like I need to watch every other episode right away that comes after it. You know what got I mean? It, like the, the cliffhanger at the end wasn't huge. And uh, the, the overall arc didn't like really sway me um, in ways that most episodes usually do. You know, that's really interesting because I always thought of this episode as an A-list episode. I'm like, oh, that hilarious episode where Ari's running temple to temple. And yeah. It's so crazy and wacky. And, but then in rewatching it, I'm, I'm kind of in agreement with you. Like not a ton happens. It's just these two singular plots. One, the horse plot is like kind of useless. Yeah. And there's no big celebrity cameo. The music kind of sucks. There's not like yeah. some iconic entourage location, you know, where they right. go to Vegas or Khan or something. So I'm giving it a B, maybe a B minus. I didn't not enjoy watching it. Right. I mean, it had some great Ari moments, but like in the pantheon of these early season entourage episodes, it's a it ranks a little lower than I had initially like perceived it as. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like this this would not be one. That I would rewatch with somebody that just wants like a taste of entourage, you know. <laughs> Brent, did you ever think you'd be going like this deep and like academic on a show you haven't watched? No, in but dude, I fucking love it, dude. Because <laughs> <laughs> this show was so fucking awesome when I was first watching it, man. It was like legit. And then when I moved to LA, I rewatched it again, and and all my like I'm the only one from my hometown that moved to LA for entertainment for like any reason, yep. and uh, and so people have like made fun of me in the past for like being the Vincent. I've like joked around with my friends, like, dude, you could be turtle. You could be E. Waldo fucking <laughs> have sex with a bunch of girls and <laughs> with each other at the same time. And <laughs> obviously <laughs> never happened. Uh, yeah. But like to, to dive into it so deep, like you can tell, dude, I'm so excited. <laughs> it was such a huge part of like my own uh, personal culture. So I love it. Dude, that's some, that's amazing. I love it. And that, that leads into my last question. So who are you in your own real life entourage? Man, I want to say Vince, dude, but I do but, it. Say it. No, but you know what? <laughs> if I'm being super honest and I did, I dude, I honestly gave this question some thought. <laughs> I, like, I, like, <laughs> I like did some internal like, like soul searching and I want, obviously everybody wants to be Vincent because everyone wants to make a bunch of money, be hot and fuck everything that moves. Right. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think, personality wise i'm way more aligned with e because that dude is always just making shit happen he is so on top of his shit there's no time wasted there's no words wasted he picks up the phone whenever he needs to he sends an email there's no he doesn't he, he doesn't give a fuck about the party scene he doesn't get caught up with girls um he just makes it happen and that is much more in line with kind of how I operate. Whereas Vince kind of just goes with the flow. doesn't really care. If somebody says something's good for him, he'll trust them and he'll believe them. And I do that maybe 15% of the time. But for the most part, I'm on the phone like E trying to produce shit and make shit happen. And uh, I, I really identify with that a lot more. Dude, you are the definition of on that hustle, and I can't tell you how awesome this episode has been. Thank you so much for joining to dive into this crazy mixed-up show that we used to love so much. Oh, dude, still love it. Thank you so much for having me, man. This was a blast, dude. I love it. Where can the listeners of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah follow you, find you, and and come to one of your shows? Yeah, man. I I tour all around the U.S. and Canada doing stand-up. Instagram is at Brent Pella, B-R-E-N-T-P-E-L-L-A. Uh, next year I'm trying to come to Australia and Europe too. Um, if anybody's out there, that would be super dope. Uh, 
We do have listeners in Australia, so guys, oh, nice. check Brent out when he comes to your city. Yeah, man. Uh, all the tour dates get updated every week at brentpella.com. Um, I post them all on Instagram and, and Facebook is Brent Pella Comedy and new videos all the time. You can stalk me on there. It's a good time. Brent, we got to do this again in person, maybe later on in the run of the entourage. I mean, I'm going to be doing this for another year. We're both nice. up in NorCal, you more occasionally uh, on the holidays and stuff. We have to make that happen. Oh, I would love to, man. Absolutely. Or we could wait until we move on to Ballers and you can do your rock. And oh, my God. Me. Dude, uh, 100% break down Ballers with you as the rock. Oh, that'd be the best. This has been fun, dude. I'll talk to you soon. Right on. Thanks, brother. <laughs>